Hi, I'm Shane. 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 And I'm your recapper, Shane. Welcome to Harken Back. Their boots practically aflame from the speed with which they fled the prison, the agents of repair regrouped in Hayfried's goopy void. The sprung prisoners in tow were Olma's mentor, Xavier, the adolescent sailor, Timmy Flurd, the yellow Aarakocra, Tito, and Zeta Malakas, the mysterious tiefling cleric recommended to them by Ernest Hollowpot. You know, that gnome who wore the headband and rode the bug and then melted? That guy? They made introductions, and Kellogg arranged for Timmy to get a new occupation as an assistant to Hayfried. Um, can you scrub floors? Whatever prevents him from indefinite imprisonment is his specialty. Yeah, um, I would like to never go back there again. Some meat, mead, and mushroom soup provided a brief relief. But Xavier had some explaining to do to a little sorceress he'd left behind sometime before his capture. And then you were gone. You you were going to go to the library, but 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 you never came back. I saw sort of the depth of your powers, and I knew that I needed to find out where this came from and and the source of it. At that point, I had my suspicions that there might be some people after us. In my fear, I left. I made the decision to leave and to do it on my own and to hopefully take any attention that was on me away from you. But I was all alone. And I felt that that was better for you than to come with me. I didn't have anyone. I, I I admit to my mistakes. And you went to Oakengate? Yeah. And you talked to them? I did. And you know everything? I do. Are you mad at me? No, of course I'm not mad at you. His shortcomings as a guardian aside, Xavier had discovered some information on Oma's mysterious lineage. A, a family secret um, kept coming up. This This theme of something that had to be hidden, but I did find names. Names? It seems that at least the names that were written down of your parents, Simon Bagney and Clara Cross Bagney. Do you know if they're alive? I don't. I spoke with Charles. He didn't even know if they were alive. And they took me to the monastery? According to Charles, it wasn't them. Um, it was actually uh, your, your great-grandmother, Lady Alexandra. Lady? I traced her lineage back a few generations to uh, a, another woman named Cassandra. Someone or a group of people were after them as well, and they had to uh, take you somewhere that they knew was safe. Drya, too, had a newfound reminder of his past through Tito, a spiritual icon of his people through which he derived elucidation on his lost homeland. What took you from our homeland and brought you there? What did you do? I just wanted to talk. I just wanted... I just wanted to talk to them and speak. The spears were too heavy. I couldn't hold the spears. So I went to talk and they took me. Were there others of our tribe around you when you were taken? No, I went alone. You went alone? I I saw it in one of my dreams. They sent soldiers, so many soldiers. They killed the entire tribe and I couldn't have that happen. You saw this in a dream? It wouldn't go away. My first instinct would me to try to return you to them, but based on your dreams, I, I shudder to think if there's any tribe to go back to. Meanwhile, Zeta provided some dubious details about her own imprisonment. What were you doing in the Dekir ruins? 
Ernest has suggested that I go there, telling me about uh, the new gods. And he said that, you know, there was more enlightenment to see there and, and I might learn something, but wasn't really anything there. Um, nothing for me. So I came back. It was not long, however, before the complexity of her situation was revealed. What do you think you will do now that you're out? I, I, I have to go back to a temple, but there's the whole deal with having to tell my family. <laughs> her eyes recede and go completely bloodshot as her head is thrown back and she begins chanting. With some acrobatic spell casting, Flynn was able to dispel Zeta's possession. But her curse remained. Describe this man to me. This man whose paper you signed. He's wearing all black. Looked human. But his his eyes, there there was nothing there. It's like he didn't have eyes. And did he tell you how to regard him? He said he was an outcast. Crap. And what did you sign, girl? I don't know. I couldn't read what was on the paper. Then why did you sign it? I don't know. I couldn't stop. Their next destination, the Dakir Ruins, now readily apparent, all that was left was for Flynn to check in with the Iron Light Collective and update Melaru on their mission. This turned out to make things quite a bit worse. So I assume you've come to turn in your sword and your shield? Wait, why? I assume you're resigning. No, why would I do that? Flynn, this is the longest anyone's been gone at your station well, and not come back with three trophies as instructed. Right, well, I've been kind of sidetracked with the other thing we talked about. Just tell us what you found. All this this world-ending information. Um, do you know the name Vasranath? It seems to be the leader of whatever's in these crystals. Yeah, there's, uh, I think they're called the Dakir Ruins. Flynn, I, I appreciate this valuable piece of information that you've brought in. It's it's very helpful. Zorkal will be taking lead on this, so you need worry about it no longer. We have all the information that we need to follow up. The agents witnessed the darker side of the Iron Light Collective in the form of the somewhat abusive training techniques applied by Flynn's teachers. With burgeoning concern, they picked up a couple contracts from the Iron Light's flooded mailroom. The requisite. My dearest Junior, I'm afraid the situation here at home has not improved. I'm well aware that your Iron Light training takes time, but you had promised to come back and help us defend our homes by now. The Drow returned last night to further negotiate their terms. I hope you finish your training quickly and return to help us defend ourselves as you promised. Hoping to see you soon. Signed, Senior. What makes this stick out here? I point to the name Graham. Kind of uh, sounds like Graham uh, might want to take it. He can't. He wants his son's help. From Drow. Means he doesn't even know. I I do uh, struggle with this. So many cries for help. And all of them things that we might be able to... You see why I kind of do this? I understand that a lot of these people don't respect me. They don't trust me. They don't like me. But they are teaching me. And I am learning how to fight, how to protect people. These people, and I point to the wall of thousands of letters. It's important to me. I know Alma might not see that, but I'm, I'm hoping you would. If we go to answer the call of Graham Sr., he wants us to what? Fight back a, a, an army of drow? Those are people. They're not monsters. What makes the Iron Light Collective different from Drek, the assassin? If I send a letter to them and I say, please save me from this person who wants to harm me. Hmm. Our heroes made dinner plans with James the Fisherman. And a warm, harmonious evening welcomed them back to Addersfeld. James, you may or may not be surprised to hear our most recent exploit was a, a heroic escape from the prison within the capital of Kaldor. Oh, now you're just messing with me. No, no, I'm being sincere. Oh. And you look out and you can't see anything. 
you know, a little disappointed, but then you go to the window at the back and full moon right there. Ah, I'd like to meditate for just a minute and commune with the moon. And I go to the other bedroom and I look inside and there he is passed out and I like slowly creep over to him and I pull my face very, very close to his ear and I say, I cast shield. <laughs> Naturally. But the crackle and pop of James's fireplace was echoed by the sweeping rumble of cannons on the wind, and a sense of foreboding hung just beyond their facade of comfort. In their preparation for their next long journey, the agents came upon two great tools. The first, the Book of the Loss, that Flynn had luckily found at the library in Oakenspire, which held a great many secrets to Elbor's history and perhaps a clue toward the aims of the Order of the Red Wolf. Maybe you want to see this. So um, on my map, you see the, the waste, mm-hmm. the big um, desert. Uh, and then I pull the book out. Um, and then here, it says that there was like towns and stuff there. When was this book written? You see a date written there that was um, just about 950 years ago. Oh, wow. Well, if this map is to be believed, then the waste wasn't always yeah. the waste. I wonder what happened and why those towns are... Not there. Didn't Hayfried say something about a storm in the waste? Go with me here. <laughs> if there used to be places, cities, towns, in the center of the continent right. of Elbor, and now there's an expanse of nothing, and within that expanse of nothing, the agents of chaos that follow the order of the Red Wolf culminate. Does it stand to reason that the waste could grow? The second, an invention of the combined talents of Xavier and Hayfried, a special coin that, when placed upon a pacified enemy's head, would teleport them to a magical cage in Hayfried's pocket dimension. Um, and he, he takes this gold coin. Um, Oma, just relax, later. just like before. No one freak out. What? She's going to be fine. Uh, I don't like this. He puts the gold piece over your head, and you feel that same sort of warm feeling in your chest roll over you, and you open your eyes. Once again cage bars all around you. The rest of you see Ulma disappear. <laughs> huh. Ta-da! Oh, yeah, yeah that's kind of cool. Excited by this potential, the agents of repair return to Marstock and set course for the Dekir ruins by way of Nessel Valley. But one foot out the door brought them face to face with grim tidings. And you see a newsstand there. It says, Major victories for Kaldur. Warfront oh advances into Ondale and Ganboldir. Oh boy. Beckinsdale, Coldcrest, what? and Shadefort among the territories captured. <gasps> Troops advance towards further victories. And I cast sending. Okay. Ajungis. Darn it, it's Gillick. Are you alright? I heard news that Coldcrest has fallen. Tell me, tell me you're okay. Tell me the news. I wait. I look up at Flynn. What do you say? Hey, uh, I, 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 uh, it must not have, must not have worked. I grab it again. I cast sending again. Ajungis. Darn it, it's Kellek. Tell me you're all right. I cast sending again. Ajungis. Damn you, Jarnin, you fool. You fool, I told that fucking idiot bat not to stay on that line anymore. That it wasn't sustainable. That this war couldn't be won. Damn. Put my hand on his, his arm. Vash. Vash isn't the one that killed him. He was responsible for those lives. Someone had to guard that outpost. Why? Because of Kaldur. Because of dead gods. We could spend the rest of our days delivering messages to fathers of their dead sons. I've got to put an end to this. I don't know how. I don't either, but I know we have access to their capital now. To whose? Rokenspire. What do you mean, access? 
We have a teleportation circle that goes right to the heart of Oakenspire. To do what, then? You want to plant a bomb on it? No, but maybe there's a way to get inside and take out the corruption. Take out the monster. I don't think that Kaldor is a monster you can behead for bloody points on your sentinel card. <laughs> I walk out of the room. I sit for five minutes. I'll uh, scoff past the group. And okay. uh, Jarn is dead. And I'll just walk <laughs> off. A short but gloomy carriage ride bore them to Westbury, a quiet little town renowned for its, you guessed it, berries. The uh, things you used to make, these uh, containers with the bright glowing substances inside it. Berries. Uh, You're talking about berries. Yes, yes. You have give raw berries. Yeah, I got a couple crates out in the back. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, take me there. Oh, and by the way, we, you might need some bread. That night, Olma and Kellek reflected on by what means one might actually end this conflict between nations. The way I see it, it if this war is to be resolved, there's going to have to be some kind of agreement. Which means the leadership of Andel and Gandaldir saying, hey, we'll give you this territory. We'll give you positions of power in these regions and we'll destroy all the temples to the old gods or, or renew them. Some people won't take to that. Well, what if we can prove that there are no more old gods to be fighting for? It certainly doesn't help, it seems, that the Red Wolf Order there's, is fan in the flames. There's just a puppet master who's causing all of this strife. So we just need to focus, and we need to try to get rid of them. But the war would exist without them. You can't just sit here and be quiet all day long, because then nothing's going to get done. So we're making the re- next step forward, right? Not, I haven't given up, Oma. You were right. Helping that family have a baby was the right thing to do. Okay? Well, whatever the case, stop the Order of the Red Wolf. Help everyone we can along the way. But I want us to decide to help them. I don't want somebody else to tell me that who I have to help. In the morning, they raced to catch the rail system that would deliver them into the mines of Nestle Valley. It was pretty close, but they made it. An industrial honeycomb of tunnels and elevators lay before them. And their varied intentions in this Kaldorian mine were as labyrinthine and intertwined as each winding passage. They delivered the bad news to Grand Bludgeon's father, as planned, but Flynn wanted to do more for the morning miner. The rest of the party had... Reservations. I mean, I came across this letter, and I just had to come. I, I appreciate it. Haven't really had word back. How early, how long ago did you send this letter? Probably the better part of six months ago. I'm here to help. I know there was more to the letter than just to see if your son was okay. These drow keep coming up from under the surface, demanding that they, they take over our mining operation. I would put me and all of my people here out of out of work. Are you digging into their home or something? I I am not in charge. We've been digging here for centuries. Your letter was written with some urgency. Was there violence? More and more of our people have gone missing. Well, the one conclusion that we can come to is that it's the drow. Lots of folk come to that conclusion. Could try talking to them, but this does sound like a dispute between your leaders and theirs. It's possible you are digging into their land. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this has been our land for generations. (sighs) We We have a right to to be diving deep and, and making our fortune here. Why not exterminate the fireflies while you're at it? Who gets to decide who owns land underneath the ground? It was my understanding that the Iron Light was coming to help our problem. What are you proposing that we do in order to, to rid this situation before it escalates? Yes, do you think we should go uh, cut the head off of one of these uh, drow? Uh, for the first time, I actually look at Kellek and like squint. I'll talk to him. I'll let you... Get back to it. If you don't mind. And if I have permission from all of you, I'd like to get back to work. You've ever needed permission before. I have to do something. What's our role in a dispute like this? It was a letter sent to the Iron Light asking for aid and 
it was a letter sent to a son gave his life for the iron lake and if i were to die i would like a sentinel to go to my parents and help them with their problem and if i have to do it alone i will well you can saddle us with your martyrdom then because we don't leave you Finn. i think i speak for everyone when i say we'll do anything for you Finn. doesn't feel that not way not for the iron light for you you damn fool i lad as i've been twirling my staff in my in my fingers and brave any treachery as long as it's in service of you we have to decide together who's who to help and who is the right people to help and who is the wrong people to help and some first come first serve posting on a notice board isn't what's going to decide for me who i can help and who i can't help right with a tenuous peace between them the agents of repair went down into the mines it wasn't long before they found cause for concern the corpse of a dwarf mid-nothic noshing light it up standing novice and i'll throw the rope in that direction okay as you throw the rope, the entire cavern lights yeah. up. And you can see at this point um, a dwarven body laying on the ground, half torn open. You can see the oh. rib cage beginning to come up and out. And just above it, you see a massive green and yellow eye look up at you. They dispatched these darkness dwellers and descended further, but an invisible poisonous barrier impeded their progress. Kellick, for whatever reason, was unfazed. There's a... Um... There's a fog below us. Kellick, I don't see anything. Where's the fog? Yeah, there's nothing down there. Um, Oma, Shreya, and Flynn, I'm going to have you all make a uh, constitution what? saving throw for me. <laughs> ah. <clears throat> Do I? Weird, yeah. Does it taste funny to me at all? No. Kellick, you are fine. Thinking it unwise to expose the majority of the party to poison, they returned to the surface, and the discovery of the Nothic proved sufficient for an evacuation of the mines. They made a pretty penny and a friendly ally in the form of the station master. They uh, they took down six. Six? It's not bad. Um, so uh, for 600 gold apiece, uh, 600 gold? Sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, you're paying us for killing these? The last leg of their journey took them to the outskirts of the demolished city of Dakir. The path of its destruction easily traced to its center. Here they'd find a nightmarish collection of their foes. Zergath, with his now, like morphed left arm um, that is just muscle-bound now. Um, he is holding this giant stone pillar over his uh, over his shoulder as he walks towards this center circle and just it, places it down like it's nothing, right in the middle. You can see that Artemisia bows and addresses all of these, these shapes in the five mirrors. It is an honor to be in your presence and a true privilege to personally oversee the next steps towards our salvation. You can see the exact same drought twins that you had seen in the vision previously. Tahari and Kaiba Shinzo, Imperators of the United Coalition of Kangxi. She moves on to the next mirror. This humanoid figure's face is strange. It almost looks semi-transparent, as if six or seven different faces were overlaid on top of each other, and with each movement, the faces warp and change, so you can't even distinguish which features are actually their own. Kodam Vo, of the Strata Priyana. You can just barely see another figure standing behind their shoulder. Blue, oily skin, black piercing eyes, and tentacles dropping the front of their face. She moves on to the next mirror. A stark white tiefling with this black hair that completely contrasts her skin. And right behind her, you can see a black dragonborn. Ilana Show and Varus Brog of the Hollow Guard. She moves on to another mirror where you can see a Goliath man 
with tattoos all over his face and his chest, with a massive pelt over his shoulders. Newly appointed Turek Stormpelt of the Banuk tribe. And she turns to the center mirror, where you can see an old dwarven man, stark white beard, half of his face drooping and rotting. You can see tight black leather clothes and a small black cane. My lord Corvin Emberstone of the Order of the Red Wolf. Good work, Artemisia. Vos Ronoth will be pleased. Artemisia sort of bows her head and says, The end is the beginning. And everyone in the mirrors in unison repeats back, The end is the beginning. Oh, and Amara, the possessed half-orc corpse from episode one, she was there too. The Order of the Red Wolf was performing some kind of ritualistic sacrifice, and the potential victims included both helpless townsfolk and a familiar face. A single figure resides in that box. <gasps> oh boy. In the box. A half-orc with a broken tooth and a green pauldron. No way! As you oh. see Zorkal. What up? In that remaining box. Oh. What a complete loser. <laughs> oh, Zorkal. Look, he did the best he could, right? <laughs> Our heroes recognize the odds against them and tread cautiously forward. But the daunting doom of a diminutive dwarf drew drastic decisions, despite the dastardly drove of deadly discord devotees. You see Pyrrhos, the tiefling, walk over, undo the lock of this cage, and reach in and grab the woman as the man begins shouting, No! Take me! No, I... Please, just take me instead! Flynn, you see the arm of Pyrrhos and Zergath begin to tense. In half a second, they're going to swipe their knife and slit the throat. I lose the arrow. Next up, Zergath and Pyrrhos. They rotate around, looking directly at Flynn, with this dwarf still in their grasp. They're going to take one of their actions to slit the throat Come on. of this dwarf. Oh, help me out here. I'm going to burn a divine ember, and I'm going to cast what? Spare the Dying. Not doom! Uh, Stabilize? doubles the range of my uh, casting. Oh, okay. I'm going to use it, and yeah, it, it stabilizes. Interficium! I'm going to uh, uh, pull the rift open and summon a uh, spiritual weapon at uh, yeah. second level. <laughs> Bring it out. Okay. Artemisia, you've trespassed against the light for the last time. Thus began a harrowing showdown. The agents of repair trudging valiantly forward through a deluge of calamitous magic and barbarous blows. Next up is Zergath. A, a tear, a rip into space, but where Kellex is blue, his is this infernal fiery red, and he drives his hand down into the ground, and as a bonus action, he summons his maul. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We remember that. That's cool. That's <laughs> pretty cool. That? That's cool how he does that. 16 bludgeoning. Oh. Ouch. Very ouch. And. Oh, and. Seven fire. Next up, Amara. As Shreya is sort of up in the trees still, you're a little bit obscured, and she can't quite pinpoint you. So she's going to cast Circle of Death. <gasps> oh, jeez. Okay. I nice. failed, too. That's 10. Oh, no. Yep. That's going to be 29 points of necrotic ah! damage. Wow. 29? <laughs> it's like most of my life force just like slowly peters out of my body. He's going to bonus action rage. Oh, oh, great. Oh, yeah. It's great. great. And he's going to take two swings Go for it. at Flynn. Yep. <clears throat> that first one is a natural 20. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, hits. Next up, Artemisia. Yep. She's once again going to upcast Cone of Cold. Jeez. As she moves closer. Upcasting to what? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's going to be 55 points of cold damage. Mm. I'm down. Yeah, again, she's going to cast Cloud Kill. God damn Where? it! Where? <laughs> Over all Oma, of us. Oma and Gaelic. Dude! Oh. Okay, well, that's it. And she would, she'd, be, she'd be fine getting Zergath in there. <laughs> oh, no! Um, oh, no! Okay, I'm going to have everyone make a uh, constitution saving throw. I mean, it doesn't matter. That is 26 points of poison damage. Yeah, halved is still would have killed me. I am still would have been 13. As all of your consciousnesses fade to black, they fell. The sleep of death overtook them. Kellek woke to find himself at a fork in the road. A not-so-subtle choice between the afterlifes presented by his two warring deities. What manner of perverse choice is this? Honia left me stranded. The other gave me a path. So I'd follow it. His choice of Zachariel emblazoned once again on his arm, Kellek took a seat in an old armchair to engage in a surreal fireside chat with the god from which he drew his power. Did you mean it? Your promise? Yeah, of course. I don't make any promises that I don't intend to keep. I believe in the people of this world. If the power can be shared, we might have some hope on Elbor. That arm there that you got is my little reminder of sometimes the, the discomfort that comes with change. Does the world need to have its arms burnt? My friend Jarnan was a good man, and he's dead now. He's not an arm, he's not an appendage, he's a, he's a life. Would you... Like me to take that choice away from them? Rule with an iron fist? Have my angels descend upon the world? Telling people what, what to do? not what they're doing at Coldcrest. They made that choice, but it's the same outcome. But it's not my choice. And that's the point I'm trying to make, Kellogg. It's theirs. But you have the power. What is a choice if your only options are survival or not? The choice is if you have options. They deserve to know what's at stake. What would you have me do? End the worship of the old gods for good, so that you can bestow the power of divinity upon the people of Elbor? Unfortunately, you ain't going to be doing much anymore. His fate sealed, Kellek literally strode to death's door. You walk up to the door, and as you reach your hand out, and you grasp towards the handle, your hand passes right through it. <laughs> That's unexpected. What? Get on back out there. Waking, fully healed, to the scene of their own sacrifice, our heroes gleaned a fragment of the Order's plans. Before them was a pedestal, and with a key not unlike those purported to be made by Bram Drumwind, Amara used the device to open a dimensional gate. With an ever-growing mass of their draining life force, she began to coax a beast from the plane of fire. You all look into this portal, and you see this large, lumbering figure. It looks over, and it appears to notice this necrotic ball of energy that is floating there and it begins to move towards the portal. Fortunately, many of the Red Wolf's disciples had already departed, and with no time to question this turn of luck, the party broke from their bonds to stop the pernicious ritual. Zorkal, Flynn, and Shreya tag team Zergath slash Pyros, Kellek and Ulma magically dissolved the necrotic life essence demon bait, and Thaddeus, well, Thaddeus cast command. As his mouth opens up and you hear, Stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Uh, Zergath fails. <gasps> oh yes, God. there we go. Oh, look, give me one of those coins. Nice. The coins oh, are in yes. my pocket. Are they still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can she give I, one to him? Yeah. Free yeah. action. Let's I'm gonna, go. I'm going to pull one of the coins out and give it to Kellek. I snatch it, and without even giving her a second look, I'm going to leap over to Zergath and smack it onto his yes. forehead. Yes! Yes! He is gone. Oh, no! <laughs> With just Amara left to fight, 
Olma subjected her to the fire she so seemed to crave, and they nabbed her with a coin as well. Flynn pulled the key from the pedestal, closing the gate, and the astonished team of recently revived adventurers set about freeing the captured families, collecting what information they could, and simply catching their breath. Shreya, spooked and fearful, came upon an infernal book titled Husk, which Kellick quickly confiscated, and Flynn and Zorkal began a clandestine conversation about Kaelin and some of the cloak-and-dagger goings-on with the Ironlight Collective. We think somebody is hunting sentinels. What? We have reason to believe that it is another sentinel. Zorkal relayed Kaelin's story. She met with the sentinel there, um, Brockdo. Her sentinel contact was killed right in front of her. Using advanced iron light techniques. She attempted to go down and help, but by the time she got there, Brock was already dead. What? Zorkal and his confederates had tracked this sentinel slayer to Keed, but Melaru's interference had prevented Zorkal from making their rendezvous leaving Kaelin stranded. It's important that we make our way to Keed as fast as possible. That is the bottom line. Despite his feelings of estrangement, Flynn presented this to the team, and they immediately began to strategize on how to spread their influence to help Kaelin return the kidnappees to Westbury and continue their pursuit of the Red Wolf. But, uh, but maybe one person could go straight to Marstock? I'll go. I'll do it. You're so slow. Damn it! Yeah, you're right. But she needs help. Well, Shreya. Right. It'll help you, Flynn. Then... That's what I want, and that's what I think we all want. All he has to do is deliver a message to Kaylin, right? If there's help needed, then do that. If not, at the very least, Kaylin has probably gotten more information. I will never waver from my mission. And I will do you all proud as a member of the Agents of Repair. Shreya turned into a bird, a different, faster bird, and bearing Flynn's bow as a token of familiarity, set off to meet with Kaylin in Northern Ondale. We'll say a stone, Shreya! Saddle mount! Meet in saddle mount! He's gone. In the, well, in the distance, you just hear. Down a member and burdened with the flock of beleaguered victims, the agents of repair are up at dawn to begin their sojourn back to Hayfried's domain. The whispers of their recent brush with death linger in their eardrums, and they fend off numbness at their fingertips by tightly grasping at each loose straw of yorder leaves in their wake. They cheated death and imprisoned two of their greatest foes. But what really happens next? Do they even want to know? If you do, tune in next week for another episode of Venture Forth. Venture Forth.